0: you're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com.
1: Hello and welcome to Rural Advancement. This is Dwight Sandos talking to Stephen White, who pastors a rural church in Iowa. So Stephen, just give me a little thumbnail of uh, where you're from and about your church. Sure.
0: We are in Osage, Iowa. I am a rural boy uh, born and raised in a small town called Blackwell, Oklahoma. Went to college in uh, San Antonio, Texas, and then made my way up to uh, North Central Iowa, where I was youth pastor for a brief moment at a Wesleyan church in Charles City, Iowa, and then came over here to uh, Osage, Iowa and am pastoring a church called Life Church.
1: Well, you are in the third year of a master's program. Yes. Why should a rural pastor consider entering a master's program?
0: I mean, that's a great question. And I can understand why many rural pastors would have doubts. Um, Usually the first doubt of a rural pastor is going to be finances. The great thing that I found with Trinity was, is that the finances and the payment plans that they allow allowed someone like me who's on a, you know, I, I don't get paid a lot. I am a rural pastor. And so it allowed me with the pay structure to actually enter into it. The big thing for me was ministry should be a continued education. And yes. there are multiple times that we hit a ceiling. Uh, we don't know where to go or what to do. And for myself, that's what I found. So I had hit a ceiling. I didn't even know the right questions to ask anymore, specifically when it came to Uh, Church revitalization. I had planted churches in the past, but i had never revitalized a church. And so uh, there were questions that I didn't even know needed to be asked, much less know the answer to those questions. And that's what this program did for me, is it it gave me a baseline to understand what questions need to be asked. And then through the curriculum, through you and Nadine teaching us, through the outside professors coming in, and then through the classmates. Uh, just those friendships of people that are going through the same thing that I am, being able to bounce things back, you know, back and forth with one another. It just, it opened me up. Everybody that was in these classes, it, it opened them up to new ideas, new possibilities. And like I said, it allowed us to begin to ask the questions that really needed to be asked.
1: And maybe just give a little thumbnail sketch of the program that you're in, uh, how you got there to Trinity.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's called MARM, and uh, it's a rural uh, ministry. We focus on church planning and revitalization of rural churches. How I got here is is quite the long story, but uh, in short form, I brought my child, uh, Aaron White, up to the school for him to start, and uh, in doing so was introduced to the master's programs. And I had been looking for about two years for any sort of master program that would uh, focus on rural ministry, and there weren't any out there. At that time, there was nothing out there. Everything was focused on uh, church planning in cities, leadership development, all of which is good, but I needed rural ministry. And so when I heard the program, heard about the program, it took me just a couple months to sign up and get involved, and it was incredible. Now, I had taken quite some time off from college, and so Trinity offered what they call an on-ramp program, which basically allowed me to get back into writing correctly and learning how to write academically. And so that program then put me into the master's program itself. And it it has been incredible. I think one of my favorite things about it, and at the same time can be frustrating when it comes to time, but it it is so pivotal and vital. And that is the projects. Each class we, we end with a project that has to be done and we learn the questions to ask to get us into the project. And those projects have helped our church grow We are still right now continuing a project that um, I started in our second year, and we're building, rebuilding our mission and our values and doing strategic planning, and so we created a strategic planning team. None of that would have ever happened if it wasn't for the class and for the project that pushed me in that direction. Um, You kind of led into
1: my next question I was going to ask you. How did the program assist you in pastoring a rural church?
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Well, uh, it definitely gave me the questions that needed to be asked. It allowed me to see it from, um, from multiple, multiple point of view, point of views, but, um, also the books that we're reading are all focused towards rural ministry. That helped a lot. But I will also add in here. One of the things that helped me as a pastor, the most was really connecting rural ministry tightly with the movement of the Holy spirit and understanding you know, the act and the working of the Holy Spirit. Now, I've been raised Pentecostal all my life. I get it. But, but there was something unique that took place when we would meet early in the morning before class and just pray. Pray as a class. Pray together. And the Holy Spirit really began to move and work in my life during that time. I think it's, it's my absolute favorite part of the class and the program itself is the focus on prayer, the focus on the Holy Spirit mixed with the academics. It just becomes powerful.
1: It, or how did it move from orthodoxy, which I'm sure you were, yes. uh, to orthopraxy of this practical work of the Spirit in a local church?
0: Yeah, well, one, it, it gave me courage to step out and to try new things. Two, it gave me the tools to do those things. Um, you know, just talking about orthopraxy, orthodoxy, or, orth- you know, these type of ideas, they they were vague. They were in my mind. I'd read of them, but they were vague. In the classroom structure, it allowed us to begin to figure out how does this work out in everyday life? How does it work out as a pastor? And so being able to combine the academic ideas with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and then you take in the projects, which, you know, you're not passing the class if you don't do the projects. So. <laughs> You take all those three together. Now you have, the, you have the academics, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, and now you have a project where you have to put it into practice. And then you write on that project and allow yourself to go through what works, what doesn't work. And it allows us as students to begin to really push our boundaries beyond anything that we had done before and to take steps that you know, the Holy Spirit was probably encouraging us to take a long time ago, but we didn't have the knowledge or the courage to take those steps. And, and that's what this program gives us. Not only it's the academics, but the empowerment of the Spirit, and then also the projects that push us to take those steps.
1: Now, Most of us grow more when we put ourselves in situations where we get pushed a little bit. Yes. How would you respond to that? Because I know that the entering a master's program pushes you some.
0: It does, and it, it stretches you. Uh, it forces you to be accountable to the time that God's given you. You, you have to make sure that you use your time wisely. But that, that's been a benefit. It was a struggle at first, but overall it has been a huge benefit because it's carried over into my ministry life as well to where I'm far more structured now than i had ever been. And so that was the area where it really put me in some uncomfortable places. As a rural pastor, I'm the only full-time staff member at my church I had a tendency to get lazy with my time and, and to just kind of shoot from the hip. And, and the structure of the program forced me, uh, because it's an academic structure, there's a lot of writing. So it forced me to actually be accountable for the time that God had given me. Like I said, that then carried over into every aspect of ministry.
1: Sometimes when a, a rural pastor thinks of advancing education, maybe a master's degree, some peers, and, and even sometimes in our own heart, we think, well, pursuing an education may not be that uh, important. So why would pursuing more education be worthwhile in the time of a rural pastor?
0: Well, I'll, I'll just put it this way. Everything that we do is worship. And academics is an act of worship. We are saying, God, you are wonderful enough. Your mission is great enough that it calls me into growth and maturity. And so with, without the academic part, there was an aspect of me that wasn't growing in the Lord. There was a part of my life that wasn't worshipful to God. So this was an act of obedience. It was an act of a, a knowledge of understanding that I needed to grow. And if I wasn't willing to grow, I wasn't worshiping the Lord. And so the way that I perceive academics, it's not that you're just getting smarter, but you are also worshiping the Lord. This concept of worshiping with your mind, worshiping him with your soul and worshiping him with your body. So often as rural pastors, we want to worship him with our emotions, our soul, and we want to worship him with our body and be holy. But we forget about the aspect that he calls us to grow in our understanding and in our knowledge. And that itself is worship.
1: Well, That's so very important. You gave me some information on some of the highlights of your church. So while you were growing as a person, your church also experienced some really good things. Give us a couple of highlights. Yeah,
0: well, so one of the books that was pivotal to us was The Mission of God. And in that book, just understanding that God has a mission and that God is given the church that mission, that we we are participating with him in the mission of God. As that began to work through me, that also then began to work through our church. And so our church just started coming on fire for the mission of God and wanting to participate in what the kingdom of God was doing. So what that ended up resulting in was people just inviting friends left and right and willing to change and to make drastic changes in our structure and the way our service looks and even our our building understanding that the church itself wasn't for ourselves but it we are a tool that god is using in his mission to expand his kingdom of god and, and the kingdom of god and so as the church here locally caught that fire we just began to grow exponentially when i first got here we were at about 16 people. When I started the program, the master's program, we were probably at about 35, 40 people on a good Sunday. So when two or three families would leave for vacation, obviously that's when visitors would show up and there would be like 15 or 20 of us. Uh, During that, at the end of the second year, we began to really began to see serious growth as what I was learning was trickling into the the congregation itself. As they were catching that vision, we began to see serious growth. And now, COVID hit in January, February, our churches all around the United States shut down. In Iowa, we opened up a little bit earlier than others. Uh, But once we opened up, we honestly thought we had probably lost momentum and that it was going to take a year or two to get back, and it hadn't. Uh, We just started right where we left off. We're running now a little over 100 people, uh, and we're growing younger and younger. Our average age when I first got here was about 70, 75. We're probably now hitting right around 40, 45, working towards the 35 uh, mark is what we're aiming for. We have had large amounts of young men who were military and atheist come to the Lord recently and, uh, the church is becoming more masculine, which, in, as far as I'm concerned, has been a really wonderful thing for us as a church. Uh, when wives bring their husband to the church, it, it doesn't feel foreign to them now because we have all these strong young men that are worshiping the Lord and growing the Lord. So that, that's as I was growing academically, as I was growing in my fervor with the Holy Spirit that began to trickle into the church they began to catch that vision and then things just began to to multiply and go like crazy for us that
1: is just so good to hear and it's an interesting thing when a pastor grows it seems to give some room for the church to grow
0: well no that's definitely true the pastor sets the ceiling Uh, you know we are either the strong chain or the weak chain in the link um we're, we're either the problem or we're growing which then allows the church to grow. So if when I had hit my ceiling where I was at, the church couldn't get any higher than that. They couldn't grow past that themselves. So as I expanded, that gave room for the church to begin to expand. And so I think it's pivotal. If you want your church to grow, if you want them to grow in knowledge and understanding, we have to grow in knowledge and understanding. If you want them to grow in spiritual fervor, we have to grow in spiritual fervor. If you want them to grow in evangelism and expansion of the kingdom of God, we have to grow in those areas as well.
1: One of the sayings of Dr. Paul Drost, who was at your first immersion experience, uh, you might not have heard him say this, but I've known him well for years. He says, you can't lead from the back of the pack.
0: That's right. He actually said that over and over during our class times. (laughs)
1: I've known him so long, I can't remember when he said it and when he did, but (laughs) (laughs) that's so good and so true. Well, uh, we're talking to people that I hope grow in their, uh, not just their pastoring, but also grow in their educational skills. Uh, I believe that growing is a lifetime journey, and uh, you certainly embrace that. So we thank you for listening. What an excellent time. Thank you, Stephen, and the great report of a church that's more than doubled in post-COVID your attendance is higher than it was before COVID that uh, you're certainly in the minority in that regard. Yeah,
0: it's great. It's been wonderful. God has done a lot of great things. I will add to this, we uh, in January will will do our first church plant. And so our worship leader will be stepping down as the worship leader and uh, him and his wife are going to uh, plant a rural church about 30 miles to the east of us in a small town called Riceville. And then we'll bring a a new staff member on to uh, help us lead worship. So our goal is uh, to plant 40 churches in 40 years, all in the rural areas. And uh, my hope is, is that all 40 of them eventually will end up at Trinity.
1: That's right. Well, that's wonderful. And, you know, a friend of mine that is just a a great leader, Dr. Barnabas Mtokambali from Tanzania, I've heard him say this many times, giraffes begat giraffes, elephant begat elephant zebra beget zebra, pastors beget pastor, church begets church. And that really is true. And it's so wonderful that you are raising up leaders, launching out a church plant. And just one last thing I will mention before we conclude, the rural demographic was a declining demographic for decades. And beginning a few years ago, people began to be able to work remotely and some of that helped. And then with COVID and the unrest in many of our cities today. As I talk to rural pastors, I'm finding that more and more churches are in communities that were declining, and now they are growing again. Uh, Many times the elementary school that had declining enrollment now has an inclining enrollment. We're really in a different season. Is that the case for you as well?
0: Yeah, we haven't seen anything um, come from the covid situation yet. Uh, We have expectation that that will be the case uh, as people move from Minneapolis and other cities, even Iowa City to more rural communities uh, in the near future. I will say this, though, Uh, about two years ago, we began to notice that a lot of young couples were moving back who were working remotely and also a lot of young entrepreneurs who realized that, you know, business no longer has to be in the city. Business is done online. And so they were able to do it anywhere. And so we've seen a large growth in young entrepreneurs in our community.
1: Well, we believe that Rural is a great place to do ministry. Thank you, Stephen, so much. Thanks for sharing about your master's program. Again, this is Dwight Sanders with Rural Advancement, and we so appreciate you being with us today. Thank you.